I'm a much better, I'm much better doing that for others than I am for myself and like what it can mean to treat yourself like you're your own best friend. Hello friends, I'm here today with my teammate Silas. As Silas is an awesome human who definitely has brought a lot of soul to the development of Avanti. Uh, we actually quote you all the time, uh, specifically your statement in the past interview when you said, I don't know the point of being a human if you aren't going to be yourself. Ruth. <laughs> uh, so before we dive into any of the questions I prepared for and probably won't use, uh, why don't you start with uh, telling us a little bit about yourself? For sure. Um, so yeah, my name is Silas. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I am a hopeful piercer who knows with you know what where the world's at right now that's what my goal for myself um in general body modification enthusiast i'm from la but i moved to portland like eight months ago and i love it it's awesome love the trees yeah <laughs> are a lot of trees that's funny you moved eight months ago and then now we're in a whole different world that's a lot of change in like yeah well, I came from New York before that, and then I just got <laughs> back in LA for like two months while I was waiting for my roommate's lease to finish. Then we came here, and now this. So it's been, it's been a year. It's been a wild time. <laughs> yeah. Well, crazy. Um, I've asked everybody who's moved, what's it like, you know, between East Coast and West Coast? It's... There are different parts of them that are so beautiful. Um, there's this lyric in this song, Tennessee, by this artist, P.S. Eliot, that I think of all the time. And she says, I've got a West Coast heart and an East Coast mentality. And I like really identify with that of there's, I mean, also, I don't know, it's tricky because I was just living in New York. I feel like I can't really speak on behalf of the entire East Coast, um, but I love the West Coast. It's just beautiful. It's a little more mellow. It's a little more chill. I feel like I can really take space to breathe. And I don't know, there's just something about, it's like I get what cowboys were on about, like the the yearning to go West. <laughs> I know, it is very, that seems to be the, like the, everyone's opinion is that Oregon is like its own breed of calm. It really is. I've. I'll, like my family, whenever they visited me here, they're, they're each of them have been like, "This is the calmest I've ever seen you," and I'm like, "I know. Look at it. Like, I have my cute house, <laughs> our little garden, like the simple things." <laughs> it is. I just started gardening too. It's like so exciting. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, gotta go water my plants. <laughs> oh, and when they first sprout, like when my first tomatoes sprouted, I was, I don't know why it came out like that, but sprouted. It was the most exciting day. Like. <laughs> Like You're like bored. <laughs> yes. What I look forward to now. It's so fun. Like I, I'm growing. So Sean and I decided to get married next month. So I'm going to try to grow flowers. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Right. Well, they're starting to sprout. I'm like, I have no idea the timetable on flowers at all. But I'm like. I'm gonna will it to happen. It so. depends on the flower. I've actually been taking a like plant biology Zoom class every Monday, so I'm learning a lot about it. So we can chat plants like separate from this. Is this normal? <laughs> I don't really have the best green thumb, but my roommate does. She's like 
so talented. <laughs> I'll be like, Silas, can you ask her? <laughs> yeah, she'll help, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, you know, talking about like, you know, the process of becoming okay with yourself, you know, could you speak a little bit more to that and what that journey has looked like for you or? Yeah. Um, it's, it's an ongoing process, you know, and I don't think there's ever a moment we truly arrive and are like, I figured out who I am. And if you have that moment, that's amazing. And I'm so happy for you. Um, touch by like touch base in a year after that, see if it's the same person, like if that's the same true authentic you. So I really just feel like life is this ongoing process of continuously trying to check in with yourself. And just kind of for a really long time, I felt like I, something was off. Like, you know, like it couldn't be articulated. I didn't know what it was. Um, but I just always felt like my every, like my whole life was just clouded in something that felt off. Um, it wasn't based on a specific like thing or just at school or just with my friend. It just was this whole general discomfort. And then I like around 18 started learning about people who were non-binary and just generally the concept that gender isn't this concrete thing that just exists across time and space and is permanent and we all have it and there are these two options and it's actually been invented and reinvented over time and is totally contextual and that's slowly kind of pulled me down this whole thread of realizing like basically everything in reality like we think is this concrete definite thing and it's not um and like you know can tie into like spirituality but also i think it's very scientific if you get into just quantum physics it's that um at its core and at first it's really terrifying when everything around you that you think is real suddenly feels like it's not but when you're once you lean into it it's really liberating because you get realize like you get to create the meaning and value in everything and also who you are and for me this journey has been obviously really centered around my gender journey and being trans but i do feel like it really extends into so much more than that um because it's so much about just resisting everyone else's and like society's or whoever's expectations of who you are who you shoot should be and asserting that for yourself but to do that you have to really spend a lot of time honestly looking at who that may be and so continuously i've thought i found it and i've like been like i got it and then it feels like it slips through my fingers and i'm like i'm back in this place of like discomfort and whatever and i feel like it was kind of this ongoing journey of moving if i if you view kind of I don't like the concept of gender as a spectrum like this because it assigns letters to and points of like, you know, male and female. And I view it more as like, I don't think there's any shape that can exist to it, but in theory, moving like further along in this direction and being like, oh, I'm like kind of non-binary, but still wanting to stay in womanhood and finding a lot of like comfort in that. Um, and intimacy in my like relationships with other women and kind of like slowly realizing like, 
I can still find intimacy and like love in these things without my gender being a part of it. And then, um, yeah, just, I don't know, over time realizing like all these things that felt like my being a woman was necessary to receive. And I've benefited being a lot of just like love and care and then being like, oh my God, I, that's not the truth. And it's scary and it's just testing the waters slowly over time. Um, and then like starting to medically transition and now having been on hormones for like a year, I find I'm in, this is the most aligned I've felt, but at the same time, like being in quarantine with nothing myself to think about all this for a while, I'm still at a place of, you know, reflecting and really thinking about who I am separate from the world, what my gender is when I'm not, because it is this thing that exists in interaction. And I don't know, I think it's just, we're ever evolving and it's, you just have to sign up for that. You have to be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of conversations about this kind of idea that, you know, we're always becoming. And I think quarantine is very much that, like there's nothing to do, but really, you could really only distract yourself with like TV for so much of right. the time. <laughs> now going on eight weeks, you know, at the end of it, you're gonna be like, okay. <laughs> I'm now listening to my own thoughts. <laughs> yeah, even like stuff like that, that used to be my distraction. Like I haven't been watching any TV. And before this, I felt like I was the TV king. Like I <laughs> love watching everything and I just can't right now. I, my brain just, it's the same thing of like, okay, a month of this went by and no longer does my computer screen entertain me. So that <laughs> is just myself. I mean, you could only watch so many stories before you're like, all right, this is really all the same. <laughs> yeah. But still every day I'm like, okay, Netflix, what new series are you gonna drop? Like I'm waiting. For the Tiger King part two. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to release all of Avatar. Apparently that's coming. Nice. I'll be fine then. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Um, I was talking to Jasper yesterday actually, and he brought you up mm -hmm. and actually, cause we, Jasper has a huge admiration for you, which we all know. <laughs> He's very open about it, but he actually touched on it. And I thought that I would share it with you because I think that it'll mean a lot to you. Yeah. Um, but he said that you are the bravest guy that he knows. And that's <laughs> why he admires you so very much. Um, because you challenge gender roles and you challenge spirituality and you challenge your identity with so much flair and confidence. Um, and that's why he admires you so greatly. Um, so I was like preparing for this meeting and I was kind of thinking about what he said. And I think that you would have a great perspective for the people who are sitting at home wrestling with their thoughts and they're realizing that, okay, I actually am now forced to confront who I am and mm -hmm. I'm afraid. So what kind of advice would you give them? My advice is, and I'm not the best at this and so I feel bad saying it, but just to sit with that fear. Um, if you like to journal, I would journal about it. Literally just get all those thoughts out and put them all out there and tell yourself as I'm putting them all out there, I'm not gonna judge them. I'm not gonna have any thoughts or opinions about what these feelings or thoughts are. I'm just gonna let them like exit my body. And I guarantee that that in and of itself will first make you feel a lot better to just get the weight out of there. If you have any loved ones that you feel comfortable talking to about it or you can confide in, I recommend doing so. I feel like conversations with my close friends who can hold space for me to just think things through or like 
almost exists as a wall for me to just bounce my own thoughts back off of. Um, I've reached a lot of really enlightening conclusions about myself that way. I think it's just really important to get it outside of you, whatever that may mean, because when it exists only internally, it just gets, like, it's just gonna frenzy. And knowing that whatever you're feeling is okay. And if you don't feel it's okay, I'm telling you it's okay. I believe it's okay for you. Um, and also utilize the internet. Like, um, there's a lot of people building really cool community online right now. Um, so especially right now more than ever, I'm sure that you can find some groups um, to talk about these things. I'm a huge fan of FTM Reddit. It's a wonderful resource. If you also identify as a trans man, check that out or are wondering if you do. Um, the internet's a wonderful tool, but it can also be scary, of course. Um, so take everything with caution and just don't worry about labeling it. Just think about what feels true to you. The labels will change over time. I've literally had like 50 and right now I just I feel like none. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> what word, words are words. I know who I am. I know the journey that I'm on and there's a community that uses a general label that I can find a reflection of myself in. But as a personal label, words are just words. Don't worry about that. Um, just try to focus on what feels right and feeling good or what feels wrong. And then you can go by process of elimination. That's kind of more what worked for me. This narrative of like, I knew who I was. Um, or like, I've always known I was like a man trapped in a woman's body or whatever. I've literally like never met a single person that was <laughs> like, yeah, that was me. And I've talked to a lot of trans people. Like most people I feel don't experience their journey that way. And I think a process of elimination can sometimes be an easier place to start of, okay, this feels wrong, cool. Like maybe try to think about why. Um, if that's too hard, then that's fine. Just avoid it, but just honor your feelings and don't judge them. I think that's great advice. Um, I know it's worked with me having anxiety and OCD is I get a lot of intrusive thoughts like all of the time. Oh yeah. All of the time and having to sit there and part of having OCD for anyone who doesn't know, it's not just like, oh, there's germs everywhere. There's such a spectrum to it. Mm. And the thoughts create anxiety, which leads to a compulsion, which is why you see people washing their hands and things like that, is they're literally washing away their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so by having your thoughts and seeing them with them, you're actually taking the power away from them. Um, so that's a tool too that I learned just with your own mental health is just to like, all right, here we go. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's, it it's doesn't so make it any easier, you know? But um, I watched this show, The Midnight Gospel. It's the only thing I've been watching in quarantine. And they talk a lot about, like, meditation and just sitting with your feelings and all of this. And it really changed my whole perspective of, like, um, like the concept of spaciousness and allowing room between yourself and your feelings and just witnessing them and not... They are a part of you, but knowing that you're not defined by your feelings and like getting some separation between that, I think has made it so much easier. But by no means am I an expert on sitting with those feelings. That's why I recommend journaling because I'm like actively doing something, you know? Um, it feels like I'm doing something to get it out of my body, but to each their own. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And if, if journaling is not your thing, I know that journaling used to be my thing, but now seeing my thoughts in permanent ink actually makes it harder to process them. I can't read my handwriting when I journal. Oh, no, it's fine. I'm like, it's, I'm like, 
a million thoughts per second where I'm just writing so fast to get them out. Like I have ADHD, it's just so much. And so then later I'm like, beautiful. I have no idea what this says. I can't return to it even if I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That's so funny. I, yeah, my handwriting, I like the cool, the calligraphy project. And then I'll be like halfway through the word and I'm like, I give up. (laughs) 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 Too much effort. (laughs) Yeah, I always admire. There was always like, I feel like everyone had one kid in like their class in middle school that made like all of their notes beautiful and had like the cutest pen and like highlighter set. And I always admired them. And every year I'd start off the year being like, that's gonna be me this year. And like day one, just being like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Funny. I used to just highlight things because I knew you were supposed to. (laughs) I highlight everything. I'd be like, I think this all seems important. Like, I don't know. Right? And I'm like, (laughs) if I highlight it, does it lock it in my brain? Like, I don't really. I don't know. So I just highlight it all. Yeah, I'd highlight everything and then later I'd have to go in with like another color highlighter and be like, <laughs> um, I guess now I have to like highlight the highlight because this is not helpful. And circle it and then yeah. before you know it, you can't even read it because <laughs> you're like poked a hole through the paper from just like so much ink. You actually cross out the words and you're like, uh. <laughs> uh I do not miss school. I that part of school. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really either. I hated notes and studying. It was not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, you talked in, I think, a past uh, podcast about, and I think like some other interviews that we've done. We do a lot of interviews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that um, you wanted to get piercings and tattoos based off of your first experience going to a a tattoo parlor and seeing your definition of what cool looks like in the studio. And what I'm curious about um, is did did making, so I guess we all have preconceived notions of what it means to be a modified person Mm -hmm. that may or may not live up to the reality or the truth of what it means to be a, a modified person. But by making those steps for yourself, did it give you the freedom to be that person that you thought that's what it meant? Like you saw that guy getting his nipples pierced and you're like, that is cool. That is everything that I think like is cool and awesome and what I should be. Even yeah. though it's not a fulfilling thing in itself, then you did it. Or I don't know if you've done it, but you know, you then you got pierced and you're like, okay, this is now like, I am now this person. Yeah, I don't know if it was so much of like a, I am now this person. I feel like the, um, I felt like I wanted it to be, but I was still this like dweeby, like 14 year old in this like (laughs) tattoo and piercing parlor with my mom. Like, you know what I mean? And I remember like wanting to look so cool and I only had like, I wanted, I wanted like a cool flannel to wear, but I only like my brother's clothes. I mean, I wore my brother's clothes always, but I was just like, yeah, this is cool. This is what's sick. And it was just like these giant oversized clothes that didn't fit me. And I was like, plaid, that's good. That's alternative. Um, But I do feel like what it really shifted was, um, I feel like I had a really, the unfortunate preconceived notion of like modified people not being very nice or just like um, 
seeming really intimidating. And then I went there and everyone was so warm and friendly and sweet and like it felt communal. And I think that was like what was so remarkable about that guy who's getting his nipples pierced is that like everyone who was there in the shop, I mean, it was just the people working there and like him and his partner and my mom and I, but we were all invested in his journey. And um, and sharing those like emotions with him, the like fear and excitement and adrenaline, like everyone gets pumped when someone's in the shop. Like, and I've experienced it for people who've come into Avanti, like when someone's really excited about something they're getting and you know their journey and they share those fears and excitements too. Like I'm so invested in that as well. Um, like very personally invested in your journeys where I'm like, yes, like <laughs> let's see it, um, let's do it. And that was what made it a really big shift, I think, instead of viewing it as just these isolated people who happen to be very modified. And also that mindset of it makes a modified existence seem really lonely. The whole idea that it can be a community um, was just a, a different experience. Like my parents, I mean, yeah, my mom took me there, but, and they're supportive of it now, but, you know, definitely have like an, a different mindset of like, you're probably not gonna get a job or like all this stuff of just you're gonna be a societal reject um and then there's like also cultural associations with modified people like the whole emo culture is like about being emo and alone and like yeah that was super important to me too but um seeing modification in a context other than like being sad was just life-changing i was like oh my god you can be like a happy exciting person and like have a whole life and continue to be modified and that also be your whole life and find happiness and joy and fulfillment in that wonderful who knew like <laughs> <I'd be up. laughs> yeah, i had to go back to like middle school and i was like i don't care about this like <laughs> at middle school i know i know who i am now <laughs> sitting in science class like doodling my tattoos oh my god i actually when we were in eighth grade we had to write letters to our 18 year old selves yeah and mine in it was like i'm gonna be a tattoo artist these are the tattoos that i want i don't have any of the ones that i thought i would want when i was 14 <laughs> now thank god um, but all of them were like i and it's amazing thinking about that and in, in terms of also like who we are and feeling like there was this version of me that was very in touch with my adult self now, but then kind of, I lost touch with that person through just like the ups and downs of being a teenager, you know? But then seeing this one version of me who like, yeah, was, you know, not super happy, but they were like, I'm gonna be a tattoo artist and I'm gonna design skateboards. Um, like, here's what I'm on about. Like, and then 18 year old me, who was not at all similar to that, saw it and was so embarrassed and was like cringing. And then now, 23-year-old me is like, no, you're amazing. <laughs> you got <laughs> it. <laughs> I, when I was in middle school, I remember, yeah, feeling very much the same, like the idea that there were these really cool people. But it's also like, you know, I grew up conservative. I think we've talked about this before and you have as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's like this idea of like otherness in the modified community and it was like this like big question mark like if i asked my parents about it, it was always like that's bad but like no explanation of why <laughs> yeah for me it was a little different because so i'm jewish so i did get an explanation which isn't even the correct one but my mom always would just 
tie it to the Holocaust, which is a really unfortunate and intense comparison. Um, but that's actually not why. It's just like in <laughs> like traditional or like more orthodox branches of Judaism, it's that you're not supposed to alter your image like because uh, you're made in the image of God. So it's that ties into other things, but it's like we all cut our hair, so that's altering our image. Um, but it is about otherness, and I actually feel like being modified was a huge kind of barrier in my relationship with my parents. And then I was like, I'm trans and I'm gonna medically transition. And then after that, I was like, okay, well now I don't really care at all what you say about, even though I've been having, I was like covered in tattoos prior to that, it was still this larger issue. But then I feel like once I really just leaned into all of these different forms of otherness, especially the ones that were about my body, it came to a point where I was just like, okay, I don't really care. Um, and then again, also the fact that there is like, all these things have communities and those communities overlap and like communities are really big important part of it. Um, and in all otherness in general, I feel like so much of otherness is just portrayed again as this minority. And when you realize that even if you are the minority, there's large numbers of you that exist together and there's power in, in people, um, it opens up a whole new world. It really does. Uh, I think there's like the idea of otherness and then there's like the idea of living the questions of life. And when you sit down and you're like, okay, these are all the questions that I have and I'm just going to be okay with those questions and I'm going to go ahead and do them anyways. Cause like for me, you know, growing up in a conservative household, there's chapters in the Old Testament about modifying your body and how it is also, you know, a sin and all that. And I was like, well, is it really a sin? Like, cause there's mixed doctrine on it. And then, you know, growing up and like kind of becoming my own person. I had those questions for myself and like realized that I don't think so. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that otherness actually became a family, you know? And I think that advice that I would give anyone who's listening to this, you know, is that that otherness is you you know, is that part of yourself that you're afraid to explore almost. And by opening yourself up to those questions and be, being okay and giving you permission to live those questions, you'll actually probably find a lot of freedom. Yeah. And I think also what you said about even just attempting to answer those questions for yourself is so powerful because so much is just handed down to us and we just accept. And really like, what would it look like for you to just decide, well, here's what I actually think and no one's gonna come in, like, no one's gonna appear out of nowhere and be like, you're wrong, actually. <laughs> um, like, no one can take that decision away from you or what you decide is right for yourself. Um, and it's such a subtle thing, you know? Such a small thing that can be overlooked. It's true, well, and as you start living those questions, you start asking more questions because it's almost like it gets the ball moving and the snowball gets bigger and bigger and you're like, okay, well now I have more questions and then you realize that you're asking questions that the people you looked up to might never have asked for themselves and they also don't know the answer. And mm -hmm. it kind of breaks that barrier of authority on what is and isn't right for a person. Totally. start to like, okay, well, if you don't know the answer and you basically, your word is my law, then, you know, maybe I should make my own rules. <laughs> yeah. I also think there's just so much power in being like, I don't know. I don't know why we're so afraid to just say we don't know things, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it's something I like run into with myself on like a daily basis, you know, and it's mostly when people are like, are you familiar with this or whatever? And we're all like, oh, kind of, even though most of the time I'm, no, you know what I mean? Or like, 
to these larger questions of about life or God or, you know, being modified or your gender. Um, and again, with authority of like, I think when other people ask us a question and, and some sort of authority dynamic kicks in, we want to give an answer. But I think the best answer you can give is oftentimes being like, I don't know enough to have an answer to this, or I just can't give you one. Um, and again, just like kind of reimagining for ourselves what life can look like to just exist outside of these things we thought were definable or definitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also, like, when you release that, like, need to have an answer for everything, it also releases your societal need to have an opinion for everything, too. Mm -hmm. It makes it a lot easier to get along with everybody because you're no longer forced to come up with these opinions on things that you don't even understand. Yeah, definitely. And also understanding that, like, I don't know, it changed a lot of my relationship dynamics, too, realizing, like, I don't need to know the answers or have answers to everything. And, like, um, with other people or, like, I'm having a hard time articulating this. But, yeah, I guess it's just uh, going off of what you said, especially with, like, strangers that I don't know, too, or, like, when you meet someone, they're kind of hostile or whatever, and really just reminding yourself, like, we're all just existing in this giant, chaotic, scramble that is this universe and none of us really know anything i have a lot more patience you know <laughs> i do i have a lot more patience and i think i was picking up maybe with where you're going with the friends concept is my friendships have gotten stronger because when they come to me for advice it's no longer like lecturing because you know we learn relationship from exactly. our parents and our first major relationship whether it's a positive or negative one is with your parental figure mm -hmm. and that involves some sort of lecturing in yeah. one way or the other and so as you're building like social connections with friends and they're like should i do this you're like no you can't do this because this is wrong or yes you can do this because this is the right thing because my mom said you know <laughs> um and by releasing that need what i found is my friends will come to me and they're like i did this thing and i'm like okay how do you feel about it mm -hmm. and that's a huge shift that i've seen just becoming 24. <laughs> Yeah, right? Going from a feelings place first or being like, uh, I think that's the best question. Anyone listening, if you take a piece of advice from this at all, in all your relationships, when they talk about anything, I really think off the get-go, first question is just, how are you feeling about it? That's the best <laughs> advice I can offer anyone ever, no matter what relationship dynamic it is. Um, and especially right now in the current state of the world where everything is so scary, I think the best thing we can do is just try to get more in touch with our emotions. That's the best I've been able to do and I'm trying to do in all of this. Um, and like, yeah, same for everyone else. You're so right though. That's exactly what I was trying to say with the parent and then the friend thing. Like, you got <laughs> telepathy. I like I'm picking up what you're putting <laughs> I mean, that's something that we're in a similar stage of life being in our early 20s, you know, mm -hmm. uh, socially, like sociologically speaking, psychologically speaking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking the stages of development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's definitely a big one that I've noticed is that like shift from, I don't want to call it condescending, but it's a shift from like black and white to, okay, there's a lot more gray in the world and there's more perspectives than I thought. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of the, like valid in everyone's opinion. You know, and so just kind of honoring that and especially in light of COVID when there's like so many feelings about it and 
it's just like, hey, if you're upset about it, that's okay. If you're afraid, that's okay. If you're indifferent, that's okay. You know, all that matters is that, I guess the best thing you can do for anyone who's coming to you with a problem is help them identify their own feelings and give them a safe space to identify those. Yeah, I agree. And that's like a really powerful, beautiful tool, you know? Um, and also to try to do that for yourself. Yeah. I know that's something like I am realizing in the context of COVID is like, I'm a much better, I'm much better doing that for others than I am for myself and like what it can mean to treat yourself like you're your own best friend and sit in those questions and those feelings. Um, just in the past few weeks, I've really been like, wow, emotions are so powerful and like truly are gonna be what saved the universe. Um, <laughs> and it's just a wild thing to realize and sit with and like realizing we're all in, I mean, I'm sure not everyone is thinking about this right now, but in theory, we're all going through this right now and like realizing this together and being forced to confront our feelings together. Yeah, it's felt like a very like one worldness, you know, like there's not, you know, before it was like, oh, this celebrity's doing this. And yes, there's some of that still, but a lot of it is like the pol politicians, they don't know what they're doing. The doctors, they don't know what they're doing. Lawyers, <laughs> yeah, no celebrities, they're like, like Madonna's like, I'm going to go outside and breathe the COVID air. And I'm like, okay, you know, you can do. Nobody knows any more than anybody else. And that's, a very refreshing thing to see in the world that I hope is taken forward past the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Status has definitely been stripped away. We're all unemployed. We're all, the jobs that we thought were like, jobs that you get if you can't be successful in a business office, you know, are now yeah. the lifeblood of the world. <laughs> they deserve so much more than what they're so getting. I'm like, I hope when this is all over that everyone you know, treats them with the respect that they deserve as fellow humans, really, and for, yeah. like, keeping us together during this time. Well, that's what's, like, I mean, obviously, I'm hesitant to use the word exciting in this time, but what is exciting about all this is the idea that we can, like, really reimagine a lot going forward, and as scary as that is, and the more time we spend in it, the more opportunity for reinvention we have. Um, and I hope that like it can be something that's more people oriented and communal oriented or aware of like these shared experiences and feelings. Um, also, especially because this has kind of affected time in a crazy way of like no one can plan. Like we all had things we planned. We all, you know what I mean? <laughs> had a vision of where we thought this year was going. And now everyone's like, I guess I'll see what tomorrow is. And then tomorrow comes and it's the same thing over and over again. Um, which I've never felt so present and it's painful a lot of days, but it's also like really exciting. It's true, it really is. It's, yeah, it's really true. I like that aspect, you know, that we're living every day in the moment. And I think as, I can't speak to every country, but like in America, the culture is very much like distract, distraction, distraction, like mm -hmm. temporary fix, temporary fix. And there's no temporary fix. And there's yeah. so much distraction. And it, like I, you know, at my apartment complex, I'm seeing parents hang out with their kids that, you know, I've been living there for a little bit now. I've never seen that. <laughs> That's so sweet. It's so sweet, you know, but I'm like, it's speaking 
speaking, I think, to the culture changing as a whole because the distraction and the urgency and the need to like reach the definition of success is having the most hours put in, the most money in the bank, and the most right. um, status amongst your peers. Yeah. It's all stripped away. Yeah. I think it's so exciting to think about, and this kind of ties back to our, the beginning of our conversation about just like the process of getting to know yourself, of like who you are and what makes you feel fulfilled away from all of that. Sometimes I really, actually, this is my, uh, another piece of advice I have um, <laughs> in the effort to get to know yourself is I imagine what I would be like if I was just like the last person on earth and things, I still had access to everything I had now. So I still could like use technology and, you know, had like art supplies and my music equipment and that would all work. Um, like, who would I be? What would I look like? What would I do to fulfill my time? Um, like, what would make me feel satisfied in an existence just with myself? And I find that's where you can really get a lot of the answers as to the closest you can come to maybe what that like true self is. Um, but I think that's also a really great exercise for right now in quarantine because that's kind of where we're at, but you can still talk to other people. <laughs> but Zoom's a thing. But yeah, no, it's very much true. Uh, <laughs> like uh, I had the flu a couple of days ago. I got tested for COVID. It was not COVID, it was the flu. Oh good. But I couldn't see anybody. Like I couldn't see Sean, I couldn't see my parents. I couldn't like see anything and yeah, you know, you're just forced to sit there with yourself and think because what else is there? And it's really <laughs> time to wrestle with who you are. Yeah, and just think, like, literally think like, okay, I literally feel like the last person right now, so who am I? <laughs> Do I like that person? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great starting question, you know, to just start out. Do I like myself? <laughs> <laughs> An underrated question. Self-exploration is truly unlike any other emotional experience, you know? It's so intense and it's so honest and it's so raw, but nothing else is more fulfilling. Yeah, it's true, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Of course, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to see you when this is over. <laughs> I know, me too, and um, congrats on the or sooner marriage. I know, I'm like kind of excited about it. I was like, it was going to be December and now it's in 37 days. <laughs> so exciting. I'll be counting down. Yes. <laughs> well, have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.